Another football Friday here, Shawnee, Chris Honorado, Sean Bagnardi here on Honorado and Bagnardi in what is generally considered the best weekend of the football season. That was before we had triple headers, but either way, divisional rounds are upon us. You know, I love how you start with that because that is really what's most exciting about this week, except for me. So we got to talk some major hoops news, too. Well, we're going to do plenty of hoops. We've got hirings across the NFL now in terms of uh, head coaches. So we've got a lot to get into here on Honorado and Bagnardi. Let's do it, Shawnee. In this case, two is not better than one. Who are any of these guys? You're doubling it. You're doubling it. That's major. They were the best team last year, and they just got a whole lot better. This is Honorado and Bagnardi. Driven by Mohawk Honda and Mohawk Chevrolet. Thanks to our friends at Mohawk Honda in Glenville, Mohawk Chevrolet in Clifton Park, the Harridan family, terrific people, Andy Gelcher, who runs the show as well at, at both places, um, Katie Gattuso Duncan, who's a friend of ours in the show here. Uh, thanks to all of them for supporting us on Honorado and Bagnardi. Bags, the big news last night, man. Your Jets have hired a head coach, and I've been tabbing him as the anti-Adam Gase. It's Niners defensive coordinator Robert Sala. It's Sala, people, like Hala. What do you think, man? Well, why don't you start by telling me why he's the anti-Gase to you? Well, he's the anti-Gase, one, because he's a defensive-minded person, right? He's not this offensive genius that that many of us thought Adam Gaze might be. Um, two, he's engaging. He's a big personality. He is, if you listen to Richard Sherman's comments, he's somebody who, who rallies guys together. He's a team-building type of person. None of that seemed to be true about Adam Gaze from the public uh, look we got at him. Sala, man, he wears his emotions on his sleeve. He gets fired up on the sideline. He is the perfect, and you hear this term all the time, and I'm just going to steal it from everybody else who's using it. He's the perfect CEO of a football team. Now, there are a lot of things you have to manage with a football team, but from an emotional standpoint, that's a guy that other NFL players are going to rally behind. They're going to follow him. They're going to want to play hard for him. That's why he's the anti-Adam Gase. Okay. And... All those things that you just said are why Jets fans are very excited today. I haven't really heard a single negative reaction to this move from anybody in any kind of Jets community. That, of course, worries me as a Jets fan. Uh, but no, look, this feels like this is the right fit. So I'm excited about it. It's going to be tough. You have to manage your expectations. Um, I think we get far too excited about one move, whether it's one player or a coach. As we've learned in football, it really takes so many pieces coming together just right. Bill Belichick's a great coach, right? Maybe the best ever. How does team do this year? So it takes more than just one. But this is a huge step in the right direction because the biggest thing is it starts at the top. And now we feel like the top is set so the rest of the pieces can fall into place. Of course, the biggest question is, what happens now with quarterback and how is the relationship there going to work? And 
I think that even though he's a defensive mind, that's still the most important relationship in football between the quarterback and the head coach. So that's going to be important too. Well, I think more important than that, though, Bags, is going to be the quarterback's relationship with, as you see it on your screen, the guy expected to be the new offensive coordinator, and that's Mike LaFleur. Currently, he's the passing game coordinator for the 49ers. He's the brother of Packers head coach Matt LaFleur. That is going to be – I think Mike LaFleur – has a lot of say going forward here in terms of who the quarterback is. If it's Darnold or if LaFleur is just in love with Zach Wilson from BYU or Justin Fields from Ohio State, you know if that's the case, he'll be in Salah's ear every single day before the draft saying, we've got the second pick, we've got to go get this guy. Now my gut still tells me they stick with Darnold. My gut tells me that the new coaches coming in see enough talent and promise in Darnold and say Gase was the problem, not the quarterback. Or the offensive weapons were also the problem, not the quarterback. And that they can get Devontae Smith or Jamar Chase at two, or they can draft an offensive lineman at two, or they can move back and still get somebody like a Sewell, like a Chase, like a a Devontae Smith at four or five. So the Jets become really interesting here, really intriguing And I think because it's still the New York market, I think it's still one of the better jobs in the NFL for even the lack of success this franchise has had in the last decade. Yeah, I agree with with what you're saying about the offensive coordinator, because on the field, that's going to be the relationship that matters most. And that's where we're going to see that relationship. But it's going to be the head coach answering all the questions. Yeah. What does your gut tell you they do with that second pick? What's that? Well, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure what to make of it. Where, yeah. where do you think they go? I mean, I still I still would prefer a guy like Devontae Smith. Myself. And you would take him at two. You wouldn't risk moving back to collect more picks and hope he's still there. No, I, well, no. I think he's that good. I think you go get him. And if, and if we, we talk about this, too, in, in, in any sport. If you have your guy, you go get your guy, right? Yeah, you don't take a chance on it. If Now, if you don't, then you move back, do whatever you want to do. But if they feel like they've locked in on a guy – then they've got to use that number two pick and just go get him. Yeah, I'm with you. If you, if you love a guy, take him. Uh, we're going to get to our NFL predictions later in the show. Here's our guy, Rockman, weighing in. 44-10. to 10. Wow. Green Bay over the Rams. You'd love that. Well, I will say this about the Rockman's predictions. A few years ago, he made a prediction that Oregon football was going to beat Florida State like 55-7 to or something. This is when Jameis Winston was in his last year with the Seminoles, and Oregon did just about that. It was 56 to something. I have to go back and look it up, but he he wasn't that far off, which is kind of what's what's scary about that. Um, or who, who made the better hire? Is it the Jets going with an NFL guy, even though he's never been a head coach, or is it the Jags who are taking a shot with Urban Meyer, who, of course, was incredibly successful at the college level with each school he coached. Go back Bowling Green, Utah, Florida, and Ohio State. He's the he's, Along with Nick Saban, he's the only other college coach to win the national championship at multiple schools. Did it yeah. with the Gators and the Buckeyes. Is this too big of a risk if you're Jacksonville? I don't know that it's too big of a risk if you're the Jags. Um I think to answer the question, the Jets made the better hire. For some reason, and I don't have a great justification for it, but to me this one seems like it's just going to blow up. I don't know why I feel that way. But 
I think Jags fans should be excited to, well, if you're going to do it, if you're going to reboot everything and you have to when you had a season like the Jags had, it's got to start with head coach and quarterback. And they're obviously, they got their head coach, they're going to draft Trevor Lawrence. We know that. So that's that's how you start when you're starting over. Go get a guy you think you can invest in who can build a team and then go get him a quarterback to start it with and start with that relationship that I just talked about in the last segment because that's, that's where uh, – Good things will come from if if that works. So, look, I don't I don't particularly I, I think he's a good coach. For some reason, this I don't feel like this will work. But if I'm a Jags fan, I'm happy this morning. Okay. the The most interesting thing to me is anytime a college coach of great success, the way Meyer has done it, Saban went to the Dolphins. But I think that comparison gets overplayed. This may be a little more Pete Carroll. In Seattle, that may be a, a closer comp. Here's the difference, though. When Meyer was at Florida or when Meyer was at Ohio State, I mean, you go into people's living rooms and, and you would just get them to commit to your school. Yeah. It doesn't work in the NFL. You, you have to trust your front office general manager to surround you with some great, some great players. And Meyer will have a say in some of that, of course. But this isn't just about being a top five recruiting class every single year. Jacksonville's got a long way to go. Now it starts certainly with the number one overall pick, and we assume it'll be Trevor Lawrence. And then the second part of what's on your screen, an NFL high $74 million in cap space. So there's a recruiting pitch there. Hey, we've got a lot of money to spend. We're building something here in Jacksonville. Come play for us. We've got Trevor Lawrence coming in as well. So Meyer will have his chance to, to recruit in a way, given the fact that they've got all that cap space. Um, you're right. Is it is that a desirable place, you think? If they let's say Lawrence seems like he's pretty good right out of the gate and they're going the right direction and they've got that money, if you're a, a big free agent down the road, is that a place you consider seriously? Sure. I mean, look, I don't know why we don't talk about these things with the NFL the way we do with the NBA specifically. Florida's a no state income tax state. That's a huge, that should be a huge draw. I mean, a lot of athletes and celebrities keep, you know, their permanent address in Florida or Texas, you know, the states that don't have state income tax. That should be a part of the pitch. Keep more of the money we're going to give you. I think what scares some guys off, right, is the the unknown with Jacksonville. If I sign a five-year contract, is this franchise even still in Jacksonville five years from now? Has the NFL pushed us to London? You know, what is the future of this team specifically? The owner stays, I think. Shad Khan's got a ton of money. That's not an issue. Um, so I think it's I think it's an attractive spot for free agents. Um, the quarterback makes all the difference. Makes all the difference. Yeah. And Trevor Lawrence is should be good. I think I'd be I'd be more concerned about that as a Jags fan than I would be about Urban Meyer, even though I don't feel like the Urban Meyer move is necessarily going to pan out for whatever reason. Again, I can't really back it up. It just feels off to me for some reason. But Lawrence, I, I'm not sold on him, man. I'm just not. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh cousin Jeff, yeah. Isn't this the guy, Urban Meyer, same one who was bent over at the knees a bunch because of headaches? Yeah, and he's the same guy who left Florida because 
um, you know, of a heart condition. He, he has used, he's used health issues, I think, to get out of bad situations, wow. impending bad situations. That's my opinion. If things don't go well the first three years in Jacksonville, is all of a sudden there too much stress in coaching for Urban Meyer to handle it? I, yeah, I don't know. Matty Torres, will Meyer's Ohio State ties possibly open the possibility for flipping the script going with Fields? Maybe. And I joked about that at the station last night. Like, hey, wouldn't it be something if now he just took an Ohio State guy instead of Lawrence? I, I'd be shocked. You can't, you can't make that move and risk Lawrence going anywhere else and then having a great career. I just don't think you can do it. Of course, if that happens, that changes things for the Jets. Yeah, big time. Speaking of, uh, here's Maddie again, and he is he's a big Jets guy. He's excited about Sala. Um, yeah. <laughs> Hell, <laughs> with two wins, maybe you don't make the playoffs next year either. We're talking about relegation sometimes in pro sports. Yeah, right. North American yeah. pro sports. Why don't we do something like that? By the way, we – Ash and I just finished Ted Lasso last night. Have you watched that? Apple TV yeah. Plus? No. Very funny, man. Jason Sudeikis, and it's, you know, a college football coach in America who goes over to London to coach football. And huh? the whole conversation and thought of relegation just brought me back to that. I'll check that out. I'll just, just to put a period on this with the, with the Jags and the Jets, I would be excited. I am excited as a Jets fan. I would be excited being a part of both fan bases because – you're trying to take a step in the right direction. That's all we can hope for when we're at the very bottom of the pile like we were this year as Jets fans and Jaguar fans. Um, go out there, make moves that you feel like are going to really improve this team from the top down. And when we talk about the top in football, it's head coach and quarterback. The, both teams have their head coaches. The Jags will soon have their quarterback. The Jets will have to address that. But – it's a good sign, at least for both, that you're addressing the right areas to build from the top down. So I'd be encouraged about that. Same thing, though. Both teams, I would manage the expectations here a little bit. Both teams were really bad. And even making good moves at the top doesn't make you good right away. You have to have that trickle down now, and that's going to take some time. So manage expectations. Be happy today, but realize that you're still a ways off for both teams. Don't expect to be making the playoffs next season in either case. Okay, but if Darnold's still the quarterback in New York, the timeline speeds up. They're, they're, you know, they, they'll need to make a decision on his fifth-year option on the rookie contract. How, now, listen, how many games the Jets win this year? Two. Two games. That's a, it's a long way back. And if – if we don't have the additional wild card spot, right? It, it's never going back. Okay. So then what, what gets you in now? Nine wins? Ten, maybe. Ten? Yeah. That's a huge jump in one year to go from two wins to ten in the NFL. Almost impossible. I will get to the NFL playoffs this weekend. Divisional round. Um, four games that I think are incredibly – I know there's one that people are going to look at and say, ah, no chance there's going to be a blowout. But I think all four are incredibly interesting. Incredibly <laughs> interesting. And, and I give all eight teams a shot to win 
this weekend. But we'll make our predictions before the show is over here. However, the biggest move of the week didn't happen in the NFL. It happened in the NBA. And, man, that is a league that always delivers the drama and the storylines. The Nets are all in. More on Harden. Next, right after this, on Honorado and Bagnardi. I lead a busy lifestyle and wanted a vehicle with the space I need and loaded with bells and whistles. Dre was fun to work with and found a great deal for me to find new roads at Mohawk Chevrolet. And right now, you should reserve your 2021 Silverado because we can't keep them in stock during truck month at Mohawk Chevrolet. Or cash in on 0.9 financing on select 2020 models for up to 72 months right now during truck month at Mohawk Chevrolet. I'm Kimmy from Clifton Park, and that's my story, and this is my Mohawk Chevrolet, where they always go out of their way to please you so what does capcom have that your bank doesn't you'll love our lower fees and great rates and a team of financial experts who put you first what's not to love we even make it easy to switch visit us and open your account today and find out what it's like to bank where you matter most Now back to Honorado and Bagnardi. All right, Bags, NFL Divisional Weekend is here. Four games that I think are terrific and going to be highly entertaining. If you've got picks, the Rockman's throwing a lot of picks at me. We're going to get to them before the end of the show. If you've got picks you want to throw in, just throw them into the Facebook chat and, uh, and Bags and I will react to them as we make our picks later in the show. Biggest news of the week, though. And it, it developed quickly. It was a slow burn, right? Harden wants out of Houston before the season even started. Yep. But then the wheels spun very quickly on, what, Thursday, Wednesday, Wednesday. Yep. Um, Philly, Brooklyn, Philly, Brooklyn, who's going to offer more? The Nets were like, we'll give you every draft pick the league allows us to give you. That ended up being four first-rounders. And now the Brooklyn Big Three experiment begins, Bags. Yeah, the draft picks don't bother me too much. Um, this is different than the Pierce-Garnett situation because those guys were at the end of the road. And, of course, Harden, Durant, Irving are all still very much in their primes. So, yes, that's not to say that they're going to be here for the duration of that and that these picks won't still end up costing you. But that's to me, this is a better trade off, you know, as far as mortgaging your future for the present here. So I'm OK with the picks where I have a problem is ultimately with the two big, young, talented pieces. The Nets just gave up and Karis LeBert and Jared Allen. These guys, first of all, they're Nets guys. The Nets, that made the trade too rich for your blood? Too rich for me. They're Nets guys, for starters. Yeah. Um, homegrown, the Nets took a big risk on Karis LeVert with his injury in college. And they gave him a chance. And they, Kenny Atkinson, they developed him. And, of course, he deserves more of the credit than anybody for how he has grown and how he has played. And he has really become a guy – who to me is an all-star type player in the NBA at a, at a very young age and has a very bright future. I think Indiana made out okay in this trade, especially given that Oladipo wanted out of there. They now get a guy who is Oladipo-like in a lot of ways. 
and has probably a better upside now because of his youth. Jared Allen, similar thing, you know, a late, a late round pick, first round pick where the Nets were able to key in on a guy who there were some question marks about. There was a, a thing with him with like, well, does he really want to even play in the NBA? Is he, you know, motivation questions? No, this guy is a super talented kid who's only gotten better every single year. And we were starting to see it, his biggest jump maybe from last season to this season. He's really become a defensive stopper, a guy you can rely on to get 10 rebounds a game, and a guy who now has developed some offensive game as well. So all that said, it became a little bit too rich for me. Now, where do they end up here? They end up with three of the top 10 players in the NBA, and they end up with a window of two or three years where you've got to win a championship. Anything less is a complete bust. I don't. You get to the finals, lose to the Lakers. It's a it's a bad year. Um, Harden? Question marks. Right? Is he going to be in shape? Is he going to be motivated? I, we can assume he'll now be motivated because he got what he wants. Right? Kyrie, where are we in his head? Okay. It, when is he going to play next? What's it going to be like when he plays? Now. Durant, I don't have any worries about. This guy seems motivated. He's happy to be playing basketball again. He's playing at just as high a level as he's played in the past. No worries about the injury. He's not out there, you know, playing hesitant or anything like that. So I think if the three pieces can come together, well, yes, we lost some depth. I think you've got one of these three guys on the court for 48 minutes. So like we talked about, you automatically have a good second unit by virtue of the fact that you've got a top 10 player on the court with other guys around them. You still have Joe Harris. You've got to win a championship. Now it's, it it bothers me that this, these are the three we're doing it with because I think all three of these guys have been head cases at one point or another in their career. Steve Nash, I don't have any faith in him that he can keep this together. Kyrie has already bypassed Steve Nash uh, in his mental games that he's played right now. So it's it's going to be a really interesting experiment if these three guys are committed, if they're all healthy. The Nets, to me, are the best team in the East and have just as good a chance as anybody to win it. But those are big ifs when you talk about these three guys. Kyrie's missed the last five games. Uh, Still don't know exactly when he'll be back as we sit here on a Friday. Harden missed the start of training camp this season because he was unhappy with the Rockets situation and because he was out partying without a mask and all that stuff. So he was forced to to miss some of that time. Uh, I have real concerns about the three they've decided to ride with. Like you said, this is not, and people are comparing it to like, you know, Pierce Garnett and Allen who were the original big three, or LeBron, Wade, and Bosh, or even what the Warriors did. The Warriors' big three didn't really exist until Durant got there. Because when it was Curry, Clay, and Draymond, they had Andre Iguodala. They had Sean Livingston, who was a really good player off the bench for them. They had great depth. Um when it became Durant, Curry, and Clay, that was different. And then you had Draymond on top of that. So to me, it's hard to compare this three to any of the others we've seen in the past. Here's my biggest concern. The trade of Allen affects this in a big way. Of the last 10 NBA championships, 
the team with the lowest defensive efficiency, Golden State one year when they were 11th. Are you are you telling me that this Brooklyn team is going to finish top 10 in the NBA in defensive efficiency? No. And 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 here's the problem too. Defense has been a glaring issue and we just got worse defensively, right? So any move, you obviously want to better yourselves in in all areas that you can. Now, can they outscore teams? Sure. And is that sort of how the NBA is built? Yes. But if you're going to rely now on going out there and scoring a buck 30 because you're giving up a buck 20, that's a real risky game to play, especially when you get into playoff time. So, yes, that is my biggest concern is what this does to the team defensively. You mentioned it. Allen is a big part of that. And Karis LeVert, too. Mm-hmm. You know, you mm-hmm. real right. defensive weapons. Um, and as Jeff points out, are there enough balls and shots to go around? That's the thing. You know, I said this to you after the, the move was made. Do they and know that's another thing, Shawnee, about – sorry, that's another thing about Golden State. Clay wasn't a ball-dominant guy. And really, Steph wasn't either. Steph could play off the ball and still be very effective. Yeah. Charles Barkley said uh, Kevin Durant went from the Splash Brothers to the Dribble Brothers, and he's not entirely wrong. But it all depends on – on these guys, if they decide to play together, if they decide they want to make this work, then I have less of a concern about the offensive end. I think if you say Kyrie's our ball handler and that's it, yep. and Harden, you're going to get your shots, yeah, he'll he'll bring the ball up at times. And like I said, it's all how you do it with, with the subs and who is going to run certain units. You know, maybe Harden dominates the ball for half the game or a third of the game, whatever it is. And he's doing it more when Kyrie's out of the game or whatever. They can make that stuff work if they want to. But are they going to be committed enough to play defense when it matters most and when we get to the postseason? If the answer is yes, then they've got as good a shot as anybody to win it. But this is about commitment now with this team. Obviously, the talent is there. Are they going to be committed? And Commitment seems to be the issue with at least two of these guys, so we'll see. I don't think it'll be an issue with Harden. Uh, to be fair, I really don't think it'll, it'll be an issue uh, with Harden going forward. I think now that he's out, he's going to feel like he's got something to prove. I think he'll be highly motivated. I don't know what motivates Kyrie Irving. I don't think anybody knows. Um, and unfortunately, we're, we're talking about some guys who you, you can't deal with in terms of a, a heavy hand. They don't respond to that. So I would more than a delicate situation. By the way, I would have preferred to see the Nets trade Irving for Harden straight up if that was ever on the table. I I don't know if it was. It probably wasn't. Um, I would have I would have preferred to see that and have them keep Allen and Levert and move forward with guys who are who are more committed. Harden gets introduced this afternoon, 1 o'clock on Friday, uh, as a Brooklyn Net. Will he play Saturday against Orlando? I don't know. I think it. a lot of this depends on – He arrived in Brooklyn yesterday. I understand. Wait, Saturday? Yeah, but I, I, I just don't know with COVID protocols and new additions to teams. That, that That's the only question for me if there's a, some quarantine process or what. He should play. But here's the thing. Their next game after Saturday is a Monday night TNT game against the Milwaukee Bucks. Seems like that could be the game 
where the three of these guys take the court for the first Irving comes back. Irving comes back. Yeah. So I don't know. The Nets obviously had enough still to beat the Knicks shorthanded after the trade. Orlando, you know, we'll see. That's that could be a different story. Bottom line is you still have Kevin Durant, so you've got a chance to win any game. But uh, I don't know. To me, that Monday game is really standing out as the, the first time we might see the big three on the court together. I think Adam Silver is calling Sean Marks and Steve Nash and saying, listen, we've got a primetime game on national TV. Giannis. Debut him then. Wait until Monday. Yeah, you can have Harden, Durant, Irving, and Giannis on the floor at the same time if that happens. Right. Boy, a lot of a lot of New York news, which is nice, but it just kind of happened to fall that way. Uh, if you were awake in the wee hours of the morning, DJ LeMahieu reportedly going back to the Yankees. It's close at this hour. We're calling it like a political race here. LeMahieu back to the Yankees uh, and the right move. No details yet on how long this deal would be. But in his early 30s, four years, I'd say 100. I would think he's going to get 25 of ye- 25 a year. Maybe the best hitter in all of baseball. Yep. Um, I know it was a shortened 2020 season, but man, the guy hit 346. He's the only guy since 1901 or something like that to win batting titles in both leagues. The guy is, his nickname, The Machine. He's an absolute star at the plate and not in the way that we fall in love with in this 21st century in baseball. He doesn't hit a ton of home runs, but he hits enough of them, and he's just always on base. He always makes contact. He is the guy, Bags, that you and I love to watch. This is a huge move for the Yankees to get him back. Huge move. Couldn't agree with you more. I don't care what you pay him. He's worth every penny. Um, This is – oftentimes in sports, we focus on the moves – where, where you get new additions coming to teams. And we overlook the re-signing of a guy or sometimes maybe even the move you don't make as opposed to the move you make. This, just by virtue of the fact you don't lose him, this this is as big a move as the Yankees could have made this offseason. So let's not overlook the importance of that and the importance of this guy in that lineup you said a man could be the best hitter in baseball, and he just does it the right way, too. He feels almost like that Jeter type because of how he just goes about his business. So if I'm a Yankees fan, I'm looking at those numbers. Um, yeah, need to have him back. Good move. The only move to make, bringing him back. And you know what else I would do? I would I would go get Didi Gregorius. I would bring Didi back. LeMayhew would be my platoon guy. He played first. He'd play second. He'd play third. Now I've got Voight, DJ, Glaber, Didi, and Urshela. Because here's the thing. I I personally saw enough from Glaber Torres where I'm not comfortable with him being my everyday shortstop defensively. If Didi's willing to come back on a one-year deal, which is what he took to go to Philadelphia, bring Didi back. Let him play shortstop basically every day. Glaber can play second most days. You've got a platoon then, three guys, two spots, Urshela, DJ, and Voight. For me, and you've got a DH spot, oh, by the way, too. So for me, that's the next move for the Yankees to make. I know a lot of people want to see them keep Tanaka, and, and I think that would be smart, too. But I would go get Didi and shore up that infield. You know, I love man, too. He, he's just – he's boring in all the right ways. Yeah. Like, he – he, he has no ego. He's just 
he just seems like a good guy you want to root for. And um, when you put up numbers like that, he's this is a no-brainer. And I'm as even as a Mets fan, I'm I'm happy for the Yankees here. I mean, obviously, look, if the Mets could have had him, then then I would prefer that. But in absence of that, no, I'm I'm happy for the Yankees because he's the kind of guy who belongs playing there because he can handle it and he does it extremely well. Sounds like maybe Brad Hand, the left-handed reliever to your Mets. That's a possibility. Not George Springer yet, but Steve Cohen and Sandy Alderson are are plugging and playing here a little bit. I, they're they're making this team much better than it was in 2020, or more even more specifically 2019, in my opinion. You want a crazy stat on Edwin Diaz? I was watching MLB Network oh, this week. God. Here we go. You mean Ed Ed Luz Diaz? Here we go. And an MLB Network analyst, he's a big numbers guy, had Diaz in his top 10 major league relievers. And I looked at the screen and I thought, you got to be kidding me. Are we living in 2018? Diaz had a higher strikeout rate last year than when he saved 57 games for the Mariners three years ago. Mm -hmm. Is he back? Maybe. No. I, I, I can't. No. All right, when we come back, we'll give you our NFL Divisional Round predictions. Four games. I've said it. I think all eight teams have a legitimate shot to win this weekend. And we'll go in-depth. Give me that look. No, that's not like a big – it's a Divisional Round. Yeah, everybody – yes. Yes, everybody has a chance to win. Legitimate chance to win. Cleveland's a 10-point dog at Kansas City. You give Cleveland a big chance to win on Sunday? They have a chance. Look, they beat they beat Pittsburgh handily at certainly at the start there, and Kansas City has allowed teams to play with them. Ain't that the truth? We'll yeah. go in depth with some numbers in our predictions here coming up. We're back right after this. Depressed, overworked, job sucks, underappreciated. When life sucks, <laughs> just say Dillagaff. Our clothing line puts the FU back into fun. Nothing will give you greater satisfaction. Dillagaff isn't just an attitude, it's a lifestyle. Some people ride the crazy train, we drive that mother. Check out our selection at DillaGaffUSA.com. Now back to Honorado and Bagnardi. We're driven by Mohawk Honda, Mohawk Chevrolet, Mohawk Honda on Route 50 in Glenville, Mohawk Chevrolet right off Exit 9 in Clifton Park. The Herodin family, Andy Gelcher, it is such a great team of people running those two dealerships, and uh, and we're proud to have them as part of the show here on Honorado and Bagnardi. Four games. I'm fired up for this, man. Uh, the timing couldn't have been much worse for the Packers' draw. Mm -hmm. Given my work schedule, I always hope that if they're in the divisional round, they're going to play that 
640. I mean, at least the 850. But the 640 Sunday is right in the sweet spot, man. You walk uh-huh. off the set at 630. You sit down. You know you're in the clear before the 11 o'clock news. You can get all of that game in. Now at 4.30 on Saturday, that's usually 4.30 to 6 is slamming time where you're getting highlights together, scripts in place, and you don't see a lot of that game. Then you're on set for, you know, 10 to 12 minutes. So going to miss a lot of Saturday's game. What do you want me to tell you? You got to have Ashley work it for you. Can't. We're in a bind. We got a college basketball game at five o'clock that needs to be covered. So, spot. Uh, I had to. I had to choose the lesser of the two evils, if you will. Here are four games this weekend. Go ahead. Oh, I man, stinks. But you got to find a way to make it work. This is yeah, this is go time now, man. Come on, yeah, Rob, make Roger work. <laughs> You're not kidding. Packers six and a half point favorites against the Rams. What worries me most about this game, bags? That L.A. defense, man. One, you've got Aaron Donald, who I know is a little banged up with the ribs from last week. But you've got him terrorizing the quarterback from an interior defensive line position, right? Which is maybe the most concerning. You'd rather have a guy coming off the edge, quarterback can step up in the pocket. Donald doesn't let you do that. But the biggest thing for me, and I've said this all week, is Jalen Ramsey. If Jalen Ramsey is able to take Devontae Adams away from Aaron Rodgers' completely let's say Dante Adams has 40 yards which is which is a real possibility if he just accumulates 40 yards on Saturday where else does Rodgers go with the football are guys like Alan Lazard Marquez Valdez Scantling and Robert Tunyon open are these guys open in the Rams secondary does Rodgers have the time to find these guys given the fact that the Rams led the NFL in sacks in the regular season to me, it's the biggest concern, not what the Rams offense might do, but what this Rams defense might hold Green Bay to. Here's what I know. Even if it's not your top receiver, somebody will be open, and Rodgers will find that somebody because he's that good, and this is go time now. Um, they'll cover. They'll cover. Your, your pack. I'm not going Frank Rocco numbers here, but yeah, here I bet two-score two game. Okay. game. Uh, I've been high in the Rams. This is the end of the road here for the Rams. Your Packers are going to win this easily. Ooh, easily. Okay. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I threw I threw it up there, right? I mean, this is Green Bay's offense versus the Rams' defense. Yep. Highest scoring offense in football. Best defense in terms of points allowed in football. Yeah. And you've got you've got the guy. You've got the guy. He's your MVP. You said this season. So go play like an MVP now. This is the playoffs. Get a home playoff game here. Go be Aaron Rodgers. I think he will be. A couple more numbers on this game here. It's the first playoff meeting we've had the top offense versus the top defense since the Patriots beat the Falcons in the Super Bowl. That was quite the game, wasn't it? And you want one to look out for here on the first half? How about this number? This jumped out at me. Sean McVay is 37-0 and 0 hmm. when leading at halftime. Hmm. Okay. You know what that tells Nothing. Packers have the best point differential in the first half. So, yeah. again, strength versus strength. Yeah. So, if the Packer down by a field goal at the half, the game's over. Give me a break. These numbers you throw mean nothing. 37 and 0. Means nothing. You can dismiss that? I can dismiss it. I can dismiss that as being an indicator of what would happen 
this weekend if the Rams are up at the half. You are dismissing that. I am dismissing it. Uh, two red hot teams meeting in Buffalo, where it'll be about 37 degrees at kick. Bills have won seven straight. Ravens have won six in a row. Two of the hottest teams in football coming in bags. And if I'm Buffalo, I'm nervous. Oh, yeah. I'm nervous, too, if I'm Buffalo. Uh, It's the end of the road. It's the end of the road for the Bills. They've been great. They have, I think, slightly overachieved this season. Although, I will say that they have proven a lot to me, and they certainly did so last week to the point where they have not – overachieved the way that I maybe thought they were early on. I, I think they've justified a lot of what they've done this season and that they are a legitimate team. They're the kind of team that makes the playoffs, wins a game, and then gets beat by a better team. Okay. And I was high on the Ravens very early, very early. I predicted them to win the Super Bowl. So I'm sticking with them. They're just as hot as anybody. I've got Lamar rolling now. I'm going to take them in a close one, but I'm going to take them because I think ultimately they've got the best player in this matchup in Lamar Jackson. And he scares the you-know-what out of you. I mean, yeah. you know, the here, here's my advice to the Buffalo defense, not that Leslie Frazier is listening. And I saw this happen last week with Tennessee. I know J.K. Dobbins is good, and I know Gus Edwards is good. I would tell my defenders, when the Ravens go read option, you do not leave Lamar Jackson. I don't care if you think he's handing it off. Let somebody else worry about it. Tackle Lamar Jackson every time they go read option. Why? Because as good as J.K. Dobbins is and as good as Gus Edwards is, the likelihood that they're going to rip off 40 or 50 yards is not the same as Lamar. Tackle eight every time he puts the ball in a running back's belly and pulls it out or leaves it. Tackle him. He saw Tennessee last week biting on these read options. I would tell my, my DNs and linebackers, you do not leave him. I don't care. I don't care if he is handing it off. You let somebody else worry about it. It's akin to one of the hottest three-point shooters in the entire NBA. You don't leave him. Right. Let everybody else worry about the other guys. You are in his hip pocket every single play. I don't care. If he beats us with his arm, he beats us with his arm. And if J.K. Dobbins runs for 200 yards, he runs for 200 yards. But the last thing I want to see is Lamar Jackson streaking down the field 50 yards for a touchdown. That swung the entire momentum of last week's game in Tennessee. Yeah, it did. Uh, let's not underestimate the Ravens' defense either. They, um, they did very well last week. Against Tennessee and and forty yards, Henry did nothing. So, yes, I agree with you about Lamar. The problem is, he he is not one dimensional, and if you make him beat you with his arm, he can do that too. And I think ultimately that's what will happen this weekend. All right, let's react quickly to the breaking news here. Ashley's on it for us. Six years, ninety million for DJ. I just got finished saying four for a hundred. I thought would be fair. Six for 90. Now, maybe maybe DJ's looking at this and saying longer term. Put, no, it doesn't make any sense to take more years and less money. I mean, no no sense. No. This, this is a stunner for me. Ashley calls it. That's a steal. It is. That's, that's great. 
Uh, maybe not great for him, but good for him and great for the Yankees. So that's huge. That's huge. I got passion, Brian. I got passion when it comes to defense and Lamar Jackson, man. Let's find a way, Buffalo. Come on now. You are strongly pulling for the Bills. I am. I'm rooting for the Bills, yes. Why? Because I think they have a lovable fan base. Oh, will you stop it? Nothing lovable about Bills fans. Get out of here. Come on. Are the Browns Kansas City's kryptonite here? 148, almost 150 rushing yards per game when you got that two-headed monster of Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. Yeah. No. Remember how I said the Browns have a chance? Yeah, I do. They have a chance. They're not going to win this game. Come on. Come on. You you really think the Cleveland Browns, the Cleveland Browns yeah. are going to be the team to knock off the Super Bowl champions? I mean, come on. Let's be clear about what happened in Pitts with Pittsburgh, right? That they were they were falling apart the whole latter half of the season, and of course they're going to go out there and stink it up. They weren't very good. They were not very good the second half of the year. They well, not even the half really, but the latter third of the season, they stunk. They stunk it up, and they went out there and stunk it up in their first playoff game. Cleveland, yes, they. They were on the way up more toward the end. And then, and then they got a win against a team that was on the way down. Good for them. Now, this is a different story. Are you going to go play at the Super Bowl champions? Come on. I realize Arrowhead's not going to be packed with screaming fans. And, you know, neither will Lambo. We understand these things. But this is another two-score game. Let's also be clear about how Cleveland got most of their points in the first half. Three of their four touchdowns. Three of the first four touchdowns, all of them came in the first quarter. One was a snap over Big Ben's head on the first play from scrimmage that ended up being a Cleveland touchdown. Then Roethlisberger threw two interceptions that gave Baker Mayfield and the Browns short fields. You have to convert those possessions into touchdowns anyway. And the Browns looked good at times. And even when Pittsburgh made it tight, Cleveland didn't fold. They fought back. They did. This the type of team that beats Kansas City. The one that we're we're not suspecting will be able to pull it off. The one that can run the ball the way Cleveland can. And the one that has this kind of fearless quarterback in Baker Mayfield that I don't give a you-know-what about what anybody thinks about me. We're going to Kansas City and we're winning. Isn't this the type of team that wins a game like this? No. The type of team that beats the Super Bowl champions is a team like Green Bay in the Super Bowl, right? I mean, that's what it's going to take top-tier caliber team, that's not the Cleveland Browns. They're they're good, and they're better than they've been. They're, they're still the Cleveland Browns, okay? But I'm not even saying it so much for that. I'm just looking at these two teams on paper. Kansas City now is playoff time. We're to not forget that, man. This is playoff time. Just like we say with Aaron Rodgers, this is now when these guys – show up the most. I know they've let teams play around, hang around with them. They're not going to do that now. This is going to be – and I don't even in the playoffs too last year. They, they definitely right. – they had real challenges in the postseason. But when push comes to shove, they always stepped up. This They're going to do that this postseason, but they won't have to win this game. It'll be a two-score game. We've talked about it on the show. Is, is Kansas City – lucky 
or are they just good enough to win all these close games? I think they're just good enough to find ways to win games. You give the ball to Patrick Mahomes with two minutes left in a fourth quarter of a one-possession game, I would put a lot of money on him scoring. Yeah, we've likened them to the Golden State Warriors of old where when a flip switch switches, all of a sudden these these points are going on the board and they make driving down the field look like it's the easiest thing in the world. So, Yeah. yeah, Kansas City, come on. Yeah, Jeff says he thinks KC comes locked in this weekend. Let's also just, and I don't have the stat in front of me, but Andy Reid's success coming off a bye, be it regular season or postseason, is absurd. The guy doesn't lose coming off a bye. So I I don't have the the guts to pick Cleveland this weekend either. But I just think maybe, maybe they find a way to make it interesting for the us. The only thing with the bye, though, is you normally – like. In, in the regular season, you have the bye and you know who you're preparing for. Yeah, right. But you didn't know. You still only have one week to prepare for the team. So it's a little different, but yes. And and you don't know, like, Reed, it, half of those times could have been facing a bad team coming off the bye. In the playoffs, you're not facing a bad team. These are right. all very good teams. Right. Uh, Brady and Breeze, man, finally in the playoffs. I thought a few times over we'd see these two guys duel it out in the Super Bowl. It hasn't happened. First meeting of the playoffs between Tom Brady and Drew Breeze, and it's the oldest meeting ever between quarterbacks in NFL history. Yeah, this is the one I've got circled, man. This is the one I'm most excited about, really primarily for that matchup. Uh, But these were the two teams in the NFC who, outside of Green Bay, I thought – you know, there's going to be the ones to challenge Green Bay, and ultimately that could wind up what we have in the in the NFC Championship, Green Bay against one of these two. So, look, I'm excited about it. I'm rooting, of course, for Breeze. I mean, let's be clear here. But as much as it pains me, I think Tampa Bay will win this game. Okay. So this is going to be close. Let me just make a pitch for New Orleans, and I'm not necessarily making a pick here, although – if we're going to go back through it, I'm on Green Bay, and I'm on Buffalo, and I'm on Kansas City. Okay. I'll just make the pick now. I think New Orleans wins. I think New Orleans wins. The defense is really good. The secondary is strong. Mm-hmm. And I think they'll be good enough to get some pressure on Brady with a guy like Cam Jordan. Um, even though I've picked the Saints to – to reach the Super Bowl this year. Then I did a bank on it declaring the Bucs would, <laughs> would, yeah, would right, reach right. the Super Bowl. All of that aside, I'm picking New Orleans, and I got a couple of numbers to throw at you as much as you love numbers predicting the future. What's happened in the past can sometimes indicate what we'll see in the future for as much as you don't necessarily want to believe it. Yeah. The Saints swept Tampa Bay in the regular season. Their last meeting was 38-3. to Now, that was a long time ago. That was in November But still, they won a tight one to start the year, and then they blew them out the second meeting of the season. I just think this is a better team, Bags. Okay. And and this will be close, though, right? You don't think this one will be a blowout? This will be close. Yeah, okay. Are are you now going to tell me that it's hard to beat a team three times in one season? (laughs) Isn't it? No. In fact – since the 1970 merger in the NFL, yeah. teams are 14 and seven when faced with trying to beat the same team three times in one year. Okay. That means nothing um, as far as what happens this weekend. 
Uh, this this game, you know, let's not let's not overlook what this game means historically too with these quarterbacks. I think that's part of the reason why there'll be some extra attention on it. And this will be one game I think that is remembered, maybe more for Breeze if he wins than for Brady. Say as part of his legacy, it all depends, of course, if he's to go on to win the Super Bowl. But I think this will be a game that we look back on and remember because it's the matchup of these two guys in this situation. So there's even that added element to yeah. it. And I think both of them will have good games. I just don't pick against Brady, man, in the playoffs. And it's funny because you you killed it in the regular season, right? With your picks. But I had I had Baltimore over Tampa Bay in the Super Bowl, and I'm feeling pretty good about that right now. Look, I'll be rooting for Green Bay, and I would now, given after the whole season we've seen, have Green Bay as the favorites in a matchup against Tampa Bay. But my Super Bowl pick here is still alive. Is yours? Uh, yeah, I had Saints Chiefs. Okay. All right. Uh, Rockman Tampa Bay 33-10. Kansas City 28-14. Here's the shocker. Buffalo 42-24. Boy, that's a big, that's a big spread there on that Buffalo. He's game. in on all of his picks. What are your picks, Bags? Who are you taking this weekend? I told you I got Green Bay, Buffalo, Kansas City, and New Orleans. Yep. I've got Green Bay, Baltimore, Kansas City, and Tampa. Okay. So we're different on two of them at least. Yep. All right. Uh, it, they're going to be fun. I'm telling you, I think the games will be good. It, everybody tabs it as the best weekend in the NFL season. Hard to beat when you got back-to-back triple headers. I know. But, but if you feel like these are really the most deserving teams to be in the playoffs, right? That yeah. these are the four. These are the eight best we've got. That you know that warrants calling it the best weekend in the NFL. Yeah, and you've got the top seeds too, and that's the one thing that, of course, was missing last week: the two best team, the best team in in each conference. So, yeah, this this matchup wise, this is this should be the weekend that typically produces the best game. Yep. yep. All right, what else you got going on? We're we're back in you know crazy pandemic times here. You can't go anywhere, see anybody, do anything. No, and we're, but we're also in a time where we've got lottery numbers soaring through the roof here. And Did I everybody win. Nobody won this week. I, nobody won the mega. I don't know about Powerball last night. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, so Mega Millions tonight is up to seven hundred fifty well, something million. Well, no, Mega goes what night of the week? Well, Mega is Friday and uh, Tuesday. Powerball okay. Wednesday and Saturday. I'm not sure what happened. You don't know what happened Wednesday. It's Friday. Nah, you're, you're on the news at eleven o'clock when when numbers yeah, are revealed. Show the numbers. Yeah. So anyway, we got mega tonight way up there. And I asked this question to you at work, and I'm going to pose it now on the podcast. Yeah, we should have we should have started the show with this. Would you would you sacrifice any future championships for any of your favorite sports teams in any league you will never see another one in your life they will not win if i could give you winning the mega millions 750 million dollars done you said packers devils braves don't need them to see don't need to see them win another championship for as long as i live yeah done you know why because you've seen the Packers, Devils, and Braves all win a championship. My answer was no, because the Mets, Nets, and Jets 
have not won. The Mets have won in my lifetime, technically, because I was just born. But of course, I didn't see it. So, and I think ultimately that was the difference as we went around the newsroom and asked the question, would you give it up? It seemed like the difference was, it depends if you had already seen your team win or not. Yeah, and I can't Um, ask you, had you experienced those things, would you trade it? Because I don't, you know, until you see it, you you don't know it. Yeah, because so obviously we know what the argument for is. It's completely life changing money. The argument against is this life changing, but like automatically we said you're not you're not spending money on season tickets for your favorite team. That's out. Something you maybe would do um, given the opportunity. Um, yeah, Jeff. Jeff says yes. Bring him in. Jeff says yes, but he's seen his teams win multiple titles. So I want to hear from somebody who hasn't because that's really the key. Are you willing to give that up? And what you're really giving up here is sports in general, okay? Because, yes, so you you could watch the NBA finals between the Lakers and the Celtics and be interested, whatever. You could you could sit down and enjoy a Super Bowl that the Packers are not in. So it's not like you're totally never going to be a sports fan, but you can't like root for another team. You can't just say, well, now I'm a fan of this. That's not how this debate works here. Um, and I think it ultimately does come down to whether or not you've seen it happen before. But wouldn't I still want, you say you, know, you wouldn't ever buy season tickets, but I do wonder, and, and it would be a, a great social experiment, if all of my sports fandom had, would just be stripped. Like, you're not watching a Braves-Mets weekend series with the Braves one game back in the division going, this is awesome, we got a chance, we'll go in, we'll sweep the Mets and win the division, who cares? You're not going to win the World Series. But I wonder if I would even still root for the Braves and Packers? Would I watch Devils? Would I watch regular season games? Well, the playoffs would have to be out. If the if my team was playing in the playoffs, I, I couldn't be interested because I'd know that they were going to lose at some point. Now, they may get a regular season to get there. I mean, yeah, you can enjoy an individual game, I suppose, and say, okay, I'm just going to watch. But does know, it really matter? It's like It's like – you would enjoy it the same way you enjoy a preseason game. How long do you leave a preseason game on? Not long. Right? Yeah. Okay. But that is life changing. It's not just life change. I mean, it's lives, plural, changing. I mean, you are talking about setting up the future generations. You of don't your- even have any kids. What are you I talking know. about? You, you, could, you could set up foundations. You could change people's lives across the globe with this kind of money. Yeah. You're not interested. No. <laughs> not, if, not if it means, means James Harden's not going to win us a ring. Come on. No way. Yeah. I think you're right, though. It's the difference of people who have seen their teams win, people who haven't seen their don't teams win. Don't you want to earn your money? You don't want it handed to you. I would take this handout. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, not, not if the, everything has a cost. Yeah, you're not kidding. I don't want 20 bucks just because somebody feels sorry for me. But if somebody felt sorry enough to give me $750 million, here I am. Yeah, not too bad. Yeah. All right. All right, Bags. Enjoy the football over the weekend, man. Uh, Good luck to your Nets. I'm hoping that that maybe it does wait until Monday because I'll get all jacked up about Nets bucks with those big three being unveiled. Until then, that would be cool. Yeah, it would be. Look, it is what it is now. You're all in. 
so you better go get it done. And you, and if you're a guy like Kyrie, you better if you're not committed, you better get committed now because if you don't, there's going to be there's going to be hell to pay with the rest of your team for it. So. Yeah, right. You're going to be looked at as maybe the guy that the reason why things didn't right where they should. All right, man. Enjoy the weekend. You too. You too, everybody. Thank you for watching Honorado and Bagnolo.